Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Welcome back to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. This is your host, Tracy Doherty. All year long, we have been celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Freedom Challenge. When this episode drops, me and a fierce group of women will have just returned from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. Look what the Lord has done in 10 years. If you're a new listener and wondering why in the world did we just climb Kilimanjaro, well, let me tell you why. The Freedom Challenge is a movement of passionate women who participate in physical challenges that test their limits, you ain't kidding, while raising funds and awareness to set women and children around the world on a pathway to freedom. This brings me to today's episode. I have the honor of introducing a, I I use the words noble and intriguing guest to this podcast. And you'll know after this podcast why I specifically chose those words. This woman played a pivotal pastoral role in the early days of the Freedom Climb, now the Freedom Challenge. And let me give you a little bit of just a snippet about her life. Pastor Joanne, yes, she is a pastor, is an executive pastor of ministries at Bent Tree Fellowship. And since 1993, Joanne has served in many key positions in the church, children's, women, mission, campus pastor. And she is also currently the pastor of shared leadership. What a woman. And she is all that. Now, Pastor Joanne, I welcome you to the podcast, and I'd like you to pull back the curtain on your life. What do you want us to know about you? And for those who do know you and love you, what have you been up to? So welcome to the podcast, Pastor Joanne. Oh, thanks, Tracy, so much. And I want to thank you for giving me uh, a raise and an upgrade on my job description because I'm <laughs> actually not the executive pastor of ministries. I've, I've had so many roles at Bent Tree that uh, I like to joke and say the only thing I haven't done is men's ministry. And so, <laughs> uh, but right now I'm the pastor of strategic initiatives, which tells you I'm close to retirement because that's the role we give people who really. <laughs> don't have a day-to-day operational job at the church. So my role is mentoring, coaching, teaching, preaching, that kind of thing. So I do all the fun things I love to do, Um, but I am nearing the end. So I I plan to retire in uh, June of 2023. So I've been there since 1993. So it'll be the end, uh, 30 years uh, in church ministry. Amazing. And so uh, when when you, you when you ask who am I, I would always say I'm a Jesus lover and a follower first. I think that's our enduring description of who we are should be anyway. And then I'm a pastor second in a local church, and I'm a single woman, a lifetime single woman, at least until now. That could change anytime, but up until this day, I'm a single 
a lifetime single uh, women leader in the church. And church leadership is mostly populated by men. So we all know what that means. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been challenging and a blessing at the same time. I have a passion to teach and preach God's word and mentor uh, young women in leadership. And I love to watch God at work all over the planet whenever and wherever I can, uh, because I love to see him at work in the world. Um, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in that area, so I'm a Yankee. And as they like to say in Texas, I got here to Texas as fast as I could. I came down for seminary to Dallas Seminary in 1986. And so that's how I got to Texas. I told you a little bit about my role. Um, It's mentoring, coaching, teaching, and international travel. And so I love doing that. And um, I think you were asking before uh, we started recording um, a little bit about what I've been up to since my uh, direct involvement with the Freedom Climb, as I know it, Freedom Challenge today. But since the early days of the Freedom Climb, Um, I've had two injuries. I had a partial knee replacement on my right knee and my left femur was shattered. I won't even tell you how, because I don't even have a good story for it. My dog (laughs) pulled me over. And so it shattered my femur. And so my climbing days of great distances up and down is, uh, has closed, but I really still do enjoy hiking with my dog. And I am also a few months shy of receiving my doctorate degree in transformational leadership. And as I said before, I'm about to retire uh, in June of 2023 and looking for the next adventure. So that's a little bit about me. As I said, everyone, noble and intriguing. Like everything (laughs) you just said there, I was like, whoa, it's just um, otherworldly this life that you have lived. And I'm just thankful for your yes to be here with me today mm-hmm. because I I really, truly do think such um, high thoughts of you and um, uh, have such a sense of gratitude for the way that you have invested early on and, and fruit that remains. And I'm sure that's mm-hmm. true of your ministry there at Bent Tree for you know, considering 30 years, all those roles, and then loving that you're doing everything that you were made to do in um, focus concentration. That's really great. Yeah. So can you believe it's been 10 years? Like this is just huge. And like I said earlier, you were a part of those early days. So I want you to share with us about how you originally even got connected to this big vision Tell us all about those times. Yeah, this is a great question because uh, Michaela and I uh, were talking. Michaela is behind the scenes recording all this. And <laughs> we're just talking about how God in, um, usually uses um, an invitation by someone else and gets you involved in something that you have no idea is going to be such a big thing in your life. You just say this simple mm-hmm. yes, and all of a sudden you're a part of something and it it's bigger than your life practically. And that's what happened to me. I was actually uh, friends with Kathy Anderson, who was the founder of the Freedom Climb and had the vision for this uh, whole thing. And and many people don't know that she was actually afraid of heights. And so she forced herself to climb, to face her fear and to climb Mount Whitney, the highest point in the continental United States. And she was hanging on to the jacket or the belt loop of her husband, Uh, As they went up Mount Whitney, she was so afraid. 
And when they came down from the mountain, they jumped in the car and Kathy called me and she said, I have, I've done this thing, which I couldn't believe. And, uh, and then she started to talk about this vision God was giving her for this. Uh, I don't think we call it a freedom climb then, but just this vision. And she said, do you want to help me? It sounds all so innocent and small. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> I'll help you. No, that's not a problem. And so, um, and I, so I said the yes, which always gets you in trouble when you say yes. And of course, you know, that vision has grown and changed from those beginning days uh, that nobody could even imagine or foresee that you are stewarding today and breathing life in today. So um, yeah. super uh, glad about that. So I started at age 56 climbing mountains and um, I, I certainly am not the most in shape person in the world. And <laughs> so Kathy uh, was a beast. She was a climbing beast. And I was a little beastette. I, I wasn't really uh, up to snuff for the climbing thing, but I decided I would train and do it. And so our first one was Kilimanjaro. As my friend Julie said, you have to be suspicious of a mountain that starts with the words kill a man. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so. Just keep that in mind as you're climbing Kilimanjaro. Um, I also, uh, Kathy asked me to serve as the spiritual director for the initial teams. So I would write weekly devotionals and send them out to the ladies who were climbing. And then when we would get together before the climbs, uh, we would have uh, some activities and devotional kinds of things. So I was um, that for several of the climbs. And, and then, of course, Kathy developed can a pancreatic cancer. And uh, she died in December of 2015. Um, and, and that, I really struggled, honestly, after Kathy died. I, I got into it because of my friendship with her and my desire to support her. And when she died, I think that really signaled to me the end of my active engagement, really, with the Freedom Challenge. And um, so I have to say, my heart kind of broke a little bit when Kathy passed away. So mm. I think that talks a little bit about the early years yeah. and how I got connected. Yeah. I think all of our hearts really did break. It's the truth. And yeah. the, the picture that you painted, I felt like I was watching a movie because I love and know Kathy. And actually, Joanne, when I talk to you, there's ways that you say things that I, I, I can see the likeness of your friendship through the years. Like it's, it's the tone, it's the way you say certain things. And that really just warms my heart, even talking with you. Actually it may even pop a tear out of my eye, right? I'm sitting here in the closet <laughs> recording this with you, but I could, I, I, I absolutely could imagine because Kathy wanted to take a troop with her wherever she went, you know, it wasn't just her. She yep. brought, she brought the pack. She was like a pack woman, you know, like bring the pack. And so I could see her with those fiery blue eyes, right? Just asking, yeah. but commanding, like there's not a way to say no to this endeavor that you, you have just been invited into. And I just, it is so fun to hear you share about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And those, those blue eyes worked even on the phone like it, that. She, I didn't even see her blue eyes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. So I'm in. true. And you know, that brings me to the fact that my first challenge was the seven summits. Yeah. And if um, our listeners don't know, Kathy was a part of our church in those early years. And I would listen to her talk about what was going on, the vision and all the things, all the players. 
And I remember wanting to do seven summits, but really, honestly, I thought to myself, if I even show a sniff of an interest, it's over. Her blue (laughs) eyes are going to pull me in and I'm going to be a sucker. I am going to have to get up early and start training this beast at body, as you said, because I absolutely was not in shape. I showed up on my first hike in cheerleading shoes. So you (laughs) and I both, like the most unlikely human beings, that's why it's such a it's so funny that I'm the director, right? And because, and you, the friend going, how am I climbing Kilimanjaro? (laughs) And can I have your permission to use this joke from your friend, Julie? Because that is hysterical. We should be suspicious of a mountain. Yeah, Yeah, it was actually uh, um, uh, Kathy's niece, Julie King, just laughed one time and just said, you have to be suspicious of a mountain. This starts with kill a man. So I'm like, right. Thank you for helping me have some comedic relief because, you know, by the time this drops, I will have already done this. But currently I'm a few weeks out. So um, but anyways, as I said, my first challenge was seven summits and coming from a pastoral background, similar to you, um, I can resonate with the idea of being a woman in these places that are highly populated with men and the wonderful, beautiful dynamics of growth in that whole scenario. And you're a trailblazer in that, in that area for sure. But one of my memories was the opening night of seven summits. So this is after I said my yes, and I kind of brought the whole pack together to go on this big adventure unknown. And I so appreciated that opening night when you laid a biblical framework. I can see all the pieces of that night. You got up, we were in that little back room of that hotel in Colorado. And you shared, you know, what this biblical, you know, framework for tackling this monstrous 14er and seven of them at at that. And I remember appreciating your pastoral touch. What a lady, what a gracious leader. And you were a part of the foundation of that early ministry. And then now looking at this still exists 10 years later. I would be interested in hearing from a leadership perspective, which you are um, a 30-year veteran in leadership within the church. Why do you think Kathy's vision took and continued this long? Yeah. Um, thank you for those kind words. I I, um, I think it was John chapter four. We were talking about the Samaritan woman and Jesus yes. coming alongside her and the value of women and, yep. and especially women who were... Uh, either trafficked or used in a, in a negative way and how Jesus comes alongside them. So um, Mm -hmm. I remember that clearly too. I think Kathy tapped into something that is true of uh, most women. Uh, Women can, we can wear a lot of hats. We can juggle a lot of things and we have, um, we take responsibility for a lot of things, but I think Mm -hmm. women have a deep need and I'm sure men do too to really do something purposeful and meaningful with their own lives. Like you can serve your kids and, and serve your husband and serve a ministry, but like to do something for yourself, that was what I got out of the freedom climb because I was a missions pastor for our church at the time. And I'm like, I can help my whole congregation engage in the world, but what am I doing personally Mm -hmm. with my own self? 
And Freedom Challenge gave me the opportunity to actually do frontline mission work Mm. just as Joanne. And I think that's what Kathy tapped into. Mm -hmm. We can do so much more. Women women can do so much more than we think we can. And I think Freedom Challenge offers this compelling nudge to step out uh, into the adventure that Jesus has of rescuing people and restoring them and putting us on the front line of that. And I think the other thing Kathy loved, and the reason this has stayed so long, is because not only are we doing this and other people get helped, but we get changed in the process. So when you're addressing these big challenges, you're training. I never thought I would stand on the roof of Africa at sunrise. You know, I never imagined that to be a part of my life at 19,340 feet, you know, and, and I... And I think I was changed in that process. Mm. So I think it's twofold. It's I do something purposeful myself and leverage my life for the sake of Jesus and the world that he loves. But in the process, Jesus gives me something, changes me, uses me, deeply uh, changes me. And I think Kathy was mesmerized by both of those things, Mm. that the Freedom Challenge brings those two things that are often in tension together in a beautiful way. And I think that's why uh, it's, it's stayed together and has grown uh, over these 10 years. Well put, you know, I can resonate with a few things that you said. One being I stepped into my early on um, role in this as um, a pastor and um God began to really connect the whole spirit, soul, body, that whole triune being, triune God through the Freedom Challenge. Because I think that for me, as you said, as a human, Joanne, showing up for your journey of freedom and then also missionally for others, there was something that just came together in that for me. Mm-hmm. And I I find, I, I don't know if you would agree with me, but I find that in years past, maybe not so much currently, the focus not being so much on the woman or the body being an important component to the holistic transformation of the human being living on planet Earth. And there was something about the Freedom Challenge that did that for me in a, in a really expedited way. I know that's why it stuck into my heart and why I said yes to this opportunity, because I saw how it transformed me. And there's something mm-hmm. beautiful about a transforming, you know, a leader who's being transformed, bringing that whole, her whole self to the table. And um, it sounds like some of that was happening for you. I know it was happening for me. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think too, there's something interesting that you just said, a connection I think I just made because you were preaching there for a second. I love that. Um, is the trafficked women and children, often their bodies are the commodity. Mm-hmm. And there's some interesting connection to this quote unquote suffering that we endure in the training and the doing of these climbs and challenges that relates in some way, mm-hmm. and not suffering in the same way and not to minimize the suffering of the trafficked, mm-hmm. but there is a bodily connection yes. uh, the, to that. That is, a, it's not just a spiritual connection. It's a soul yeah. connection and an actual physical connection yeah. uh, that we make to this whole effort yeah. of Jesus rescuing and rehabilitating and restoring mm-hmm. people. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, if you think about a person 
who is trafficked. The core here is that someone is blocking, removing, oppressing their ability to think, feel, and choose, right? This God-given, ordained um, right. And someone has removed that. So I feel like when this tribe of women, in which you and I have both been a part, that we choose by our Mm. own will to feel and to think and to put ourselves in a place where there's this experience of trial and, you know, empathy, it feels like Mm. spiritual warfare. It's almost like that present your, your bodies as a living sacrifice. Like I Mm. feel like this, that we have both done and so many other women feels so much like that living sacrifice. It's power. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful what you're saying. It's almost like they have no agency mm-hmm. and those of us who have the agency to choose and that God calls into this leverage that agency for those who have no voice. You know, it's such a beautiful interplay mm-hmm. of those things. Yeah. That's yep. great. Tracy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing, right. Mm-hmm. That we've been a part of. Okay. Yeah. So now walking, having walked through these experiences, I, would be so interested to hear what you've learned about the collective power of women. You've kind of touched in a little bit of that, but what is something that you've learned, not just about the collective power of women, but also about yourself during that particular time? Yeah. I think there's a positive and a potential negative that surfaced. So I think the positive is uh, there is often not, much time devoted in a woman's life to just having fun and making memories with a group of girls. And when you go on these climbs and you're on teams at Kilimanjaro, we were divided into four teams. I was on the green team. uh, And we, we just, we laughed, we shared the experiences, we helped each other. We got sick. We, 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 there was just so much camaraderie and fun there, just the memories of it. And, and then you shared the you know, the audaciousness of trying to tackle this crazy mountain and then the fulfillment that comes from it. I think that the, the negative is are the limiting self-doubts. I think for myself, what the Freedom Climbs did for me is it showed me I can do more. Jesus can do more in and through me than my limiting thoughts, my self-doubting thoughts will allow me. So anyone hearing this podcast, if you are having self-limiting doubts, that's not coming from your Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's coming from another place. Mm-hmm. And that really, that should not stop you. Mm-hmm. Call them what they are. They're your own self-doubts and limiting thoughts. And, and when you step in beyond those and don't let them take you over and you overcome that and step into something that's more audacious that you never thought you could do, man, the world opens up, the world inside mm. your soul and, and the world itself opens up to you in ways that you would never be able to experience otherwise. So well put. And if I might add something about a year ago that I watched that just so fits with what you just said, was watching, and maybe you've seen it, um, a Navy SEAL talk about this limiting thoughts idea. And it was fascinating Joanne, because what he said was that there is a science in your brain and your body where when your brain starts talking you down, like you can't do that. Say it's, you know, on a challenge and you're, you know, like, what are you doing? You can't go any farther. This is over. That it's your brain trying to protect your body because it doesn't think you can. Mm -hmm. 
but there is a a proven track record that you have about 20 to 30% left in your body after those thoughts begin. And that you could predictably lead yourself physically to go 20 to 30% more, but your brain is, your, your thinking's just having a ruckus. I have had to regulate my whole mind and just to your point with those thoughts, like me just going, what are you doing? You can't do this. Sit down. What are you trying to prove? All of that in the middle of a challenge or whatever. And then remembering that and then how God who made me can help me walk through and continue on. It's, it just, I'm, I'm with you on that whole thing. It's really what happens. Yeah. In our staff meeting on uh, Thursday, there was a guy speaking about evangelism, but he said an interesting thing at the end. I was so captivated by it. He said, whenever God puts something in your heart to do, the first voice you hear is the Holy Spirit that says, mm. you know, go for it or whatever. So the second voice you hear is your flesh that says, mm. you can't do that. And the third little voice you hear is Satan going, you don't hear from God. Remember, you can't hear from God. You're Woo. not a person from God. So he said, assume that the first voice, and it could be a no answer too, but assume that as a Christian, the first voice you're hearing is the Holy Spirit. And then the flesh chimes in and then Satan will take advantage. So I thought that's an interesting way to look at it. Sort of like you're, yes. you're yes. a little guy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like real world, what's happening in those moments in our yep. thinking and in our whole being. There's all this warfare happening. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm with you on that. That is so, that is truth and that is real. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what is the most meaningful memory from the beginning days of the Freedom Challenge that you could talk to us about? Yeah, I I love this question because it made me really go back with such joy and fond memories of the beginning time because it was really Elaine Ellis. She's still on the team. Elaine was uh, and Kathy were in California, Elaine in San Francisco. We would get together on uh, certain Friday mornings and we'd have a call and we would connect together and we'd pray. So I remember that and and uh, calling Kathy, talking through things, going to O.M., Uh, conferences with her and talking to the leadership, uh, all the initial challenges of trying to find who was going to actually do all this teamwork. Uh, It it was just, it was amazing to see the foundation being laid, not knowing that that was happening. So I think that's a great Mm -hmm. memory to me. And I think the funny memory was after Killy, because we were all on the same team. Kathy was there, her niece, Julie was on that team as well. And, you know, you go six days, I hope, people realized you really don't have a place to shower. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and um, anyway, so we got back down off the mountain, coming down as lot easier and going up. And uh, we finally did that long hike to get to where we were going to stay. And so uh, we got into our rooms at the guest house at the base of the mountain and we started to get showers. You know, we were so looking forward to that shower. It, it's actually one of the uh, greater works that Jesus says we will do as a shower after you climb a mountain. And uh, anyway, so we, we did this, but Kathy was in, uh, she was staying with a, um, a gal from South Africa. She was in an adjoining room and they both took their hats off at the same time. They're hiking wool hats and their hair stood straight up. It was vertical. It was so dirty. And it was like straight up as they pulled their hats off, their hair went like, I think I have an old picture. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. 
but we laughed and laughed and laughed and all our hair was like that, but yeah. we just laughed ourselves silly. And we have, there's so many memories. I we, would need another podcast to tell you all yeah. the funny things, yeah. but I actually, I think that short hair of hers, I could imagine it being dirty and just like crazy <laughs> and wild. I love it. Hey, when you think back about OM actually saying yes to the, you know, all this wild idea of all these women from a major organization going to climb Kilimanjaro. I mean, hats off. Bravo yes. to the leadership, which at the time was Rick Hicks and Andrew to saying yes to that, right? Like that's that that was a gutsy yes. Oh my gosh. And they were so great to work with. It was like they they uh -huh. bought into the vision before anybody did. It was just the working out of everything. How was it actually gonna operate? Yeah. Was, you know, all yeah. the details. Yeah, I love it. Oh, Pastor Joanne, and in honor of Kathy, because I think she called you Jojo, right? Jojo, yep. yeah. I love it. Would you, our time is sadly coming to a close, but would yep. you pray a blessing over the continued work of the Freedom Challenge and what what is happening, what has been celebrating, and what is to come um, as the years progress past this 10-year uh, mark? Would you Would you pray for us? I would love to. Yeah, let's pray together. Um, Heavenly Father, precious Jesus, powerful spirit who indwells us, we love you three in one. We love you, God. We worship you. You're the one who created every mountain we've ever traversed and the ones we haven't. So we are so grateful to you for giving us these challenges on planet Earth that we can step into the audaciousness and adventure of following Jesus. And on top of that, we get to do it for the sake of those who have no choice and no voice. And we get to um, raise funds and exert ourselves to uh, meet these challenges. Lord, I'm so thankful for the three and a half million dollars that have been raised over the last 10 years. Thankful to OM for all these beautiful projects that we can actually take mission trips and go see the lives being changed on the ground. So thankful for the leadership team. Thankful for Tracy and Michaela and Elaine and all the gals I don't even know right now that are a part of this team at OM. And then all of our ambassadors for the Freedom Challenge, all the ladies who are anticipating a challenge, the ones who are signed up for Killy, God will ask a blessing over them. They have no idea how much fun they're going to have and how challenging it is to do the world's most walkable mountain. Mm -hmm. And when they stand on the roof of Africa in the sunrise, God, and they mm -hmm. look out of where they have come, Lord, may it just remind them of this is a picture of our lives, that one day we will stand with you in heaven, and we will be able to look back and see where we've come from. And Jesus, you are the one who makes our lives beautiful. So we thank you most of all. You are so worthy of our worship. You're worthy of every step and you go with us on every step that we take on these mountains. So I pray a blessing over Freedom Challenge. May you continue to prosper it, um, Father, that it may serve the greater purposes of your kingdom work mm -hmm. to honor and glorify Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Joanne, noble and intriguing woman of God. Thanks, and, Tracy, so much. Yes. And sisters, until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children, biblical justice, do more than you ever thought physically possible, and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. 
Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.